You know, when you become more interested and more curious in other people, it takes you out of your own head. It takes you out of being self-centered and, and living in your own head so much and puts you into other people's shoes, which simply helps to dissolve feelings of loneliness. I'm Dr. Mark Rowe and welcome to my podcast, In the Doctor's Chair. As a family physician, my expertise is supporting people in the areas of positive health and lifestyle medicine. Join me in conversations that share life lessons, health habits, and leadership practices, focusing on positive psychology, lifestyle medicine, and ways that enable you to live with more vitality on purpose. Appreciating that when it comes to your vitality, that everything is so interconnected. Episodes will air weekly, and you can find me wherever you listen to your podcasts. And of course, on my website, drmarkrow.com. In this short podcast about loneliness and social isolation, I'm going to try and highlight how common it is, why it matters, and what you can do to mitigate against feelings of loneliness and disconnection. If you're a leader who recognizes, particularly since COVID-19, that living with vitality and building a more resilient mind matter now more than ever for you and your team, then this podcast is for you. For further details, visit drmarkrow.com. You know, one of the great tragedies I believe about loneliness is just how common it has become nowadays. More people than ever are feeling disconnected and isolated. Before the COVID pandemic began, research had found about one in five or 20% of people often felt lonely or left out. Nowadays, those numbers are probably much higher. And it's like another pandemic you know, triggered by disconnection, feelings of isolation, working from home. You know, we are social creatures. Not being able to connect with others is having a negative impact, not just on people's mental health, but on their emotional health and their overall well-being. That's backed up by recent research from Harvard University, which shows exactly that, that more than one in three people are frequently or almost always feeling lonely. And that compared with about one in four people before the pandemic. And, you know, more than 60% of these people in this research were young people. And they often had associated symptoms of anxiety or depression or toxic stress. And for young people in particular, there are particular factors. You know, young adults are often transitioning from their inherited families to their chosen families, and they may lack important social safeguards against loneliness. They may not have made those vital social connections that can be protective. Of course, students in college may be struggling to fit in. They may feel homesick that aren't at school or college may just feel that they don't really connect to important social groups or their communities. And this is all happening at a time when young people, young adults are often making important decisions about their personal lives, their social lives, their, their professional careers. And that can add to the background sense of stress and loneliness that's experienced. I think if you look more widely, you know, there's been at least a threefold increase in the number of people who would say they lack close friends since the mid 80s. And, you know, that's even in spite of or perhaps because of social media and the Internet. That's another conversation. But, you know, there's no doubt that feelings of loneliness are 
increasing. There's increasing disconnection in a socially more connected world. It's a, it's a paradox. Of course, there's a huge difference between being lonely and being alone. Many people may choose to spend time alone, but don't experience loneliness. In fact, you know, some of the happiest and most fulfilled people on the planet will spend a lot of time on their own and won't consider themselves to be lonely for one second. Being alone is a wonderful time to still your mind. It's a great opportunity to disconnect from the noise and clutter of the world, to disconnect from distractions, to simply reflect, relax and recharge. But loneliness, on the other hand, can result in you feeling empty, feeling alone, feeling unwanted. In essence, it's a negative state of mind, an emotional response to the feeling and perception of being excluded, being alone, apart from the crowd, separate. Now, you know, to experience temporary loneliness is part and parcel of being human. It's a universal human emotion. And triggers of temporary loneliness may include loss of various forms, whether bereavement, relationship breakdown, or the real loss of connection that many have experienced uh, with COVID. Of course, loneliness may be a symptom of other mental health conditions, including depression, low self-esteem, low self-confidence. But there's no doubt chronic loneliness, you know, long term loneliness is the most terrible poverty that that they were the words used so eloquently by Mother Teresa all those years ago. Loneliness is the most terrible poverty. It's so true. It can have such a, a negative adverse impact on your emotional, mental and physical health and indeed on your relationships as well. The impact of loneliness on your well-being has been really described in detail in a great book that I'd recommend by John Cacioppo, termed Loneliness, Human Nature and the Need for Social Connection. And really something that has really struck me as a medical doctor is how being persistently lonely may have health risks, just like the health risks from smoking cigarettes, from being clinically obese and from having high blood pressure. It can be that detrimental on your physical health. And in fact, loneliness can be a hidden killer. It can increase the risk of premature death. It increases circulating stress hormones such as cortisol and adrenaline. And loneliness results in you marinating these stress hormones. And over a long period of time, that puts extra strain in your heart, extra strain in your blood vessels, increasing the risk of heart disease, blood clots and stroke. And being lonely can quite literally cause a broken heart. You know, as they say, absence makes the heart grow fonder, but absence can also make the heart weaker. And we all need quality relationships. They're in a key and essential part of your well-being. And if you don't have them, if you're lonely, then the health of your heart can suffer. And you can have serious adverse health consequences in terms of your brain health. You know, being lonely can damage your brain. It can, you know, affect your decision making, impact your memory, increase the risk of long term dementia physically. You know, it can increase the risk of falls, premature aging, functional decline from a kind of a well-being point of view on a day-to-day basis, loneliness can trigger feelings of fatigue and tiredness, reduce your vitality, increase your sensitivity to pain. And, you know, it, it can make you less likely to stick with a health habit or, you know, a health enhancing program in terms of your diet, your exercise habits. And it can really lead to people drinking more alcohol than they should. It can negatively impact your sleep in that you will feel less refreshed after after sleep, both physically and psychologically. And loneliness really does deplete your emotional bank account. It, as I say, creates an emotional soundtrack and negativity with background negative mood music not only being unsettling, but which just burns away at your emotional contentment, happiness and overall well-being. 
And of course, in terms of your relationships, while people that are lonely often crave human contact, ironically, their state of mind can make it even more difficult to form close connections with other people. That's one of the paradoxes of loneliness, and it's been shown in research from the University of Chicago, which found that feeling lonely triggers what's known as hypervigilance for social threat, which means you you pick up more quickly on signs of social rejection. And this leads to a vicious cycle of withdrawal, which leads to a downward spiral as it further intensifies feelings of isolation. And this can lead in a sort of a downward spiral that can make it even more challenging to reach out and build close connections and relationships, even though that's what's most needed. Loneliness can impact on your sense of self. It can diminish your self-confidence, your self-esteem, undermine learning and memory, and it increases toxic stress levels. It can trigger several mental health conditions, including alcohol dependency and depression. And, you know, it can even increase the risk of suicide. And that's why it's so, so important. If you're listening to this and you're suffering from loneliness, please reach out and seek help, particularly if you've got other mental health symptoms. It's good to talk, talk to your GP, talk to a trained therapist, reach out. There's always somebody there to help and support you. You know, the letter I in illness for me represents isolation and the crucial letters in well-being are the first two letters, W and E, we us together. Lynn LaCayla, as we say in the Irish language, a wise man once said, be grateful for your friends. They're the gardeners that make your soul blossom. You know, simply being around other people is not enough. It's the quality of your relationships that will determine whether you will feel lonely or not. If you have quality relationships, you're going to have higher levels of well-being. You'll be healthier, you'll be more engaged, more purposeful in your life. And if you haven't got any close friendships, the resultant loneliness will increase not just uh, boredom, but negative health consequences, including depression. And loneliness may be contagious. It may spread outwards through your social networks and lead to a an overall downward spiral. Now, the important thing to remember is loneliness can be overcome. And, you know, I, I went into the health consequences of loneliness there to really highlight what a negative impact it can have on, on your physical health, mental health, emotional well-being, as well, of course, as on your relationships. So knowledge is power and awareness is the starting point. And in terms of loneliness, awareness of the downside of loneliness is a great starting point to take action. So be really clear about what persistent loneliness can mean for your health, happiness and overall well-being. Be willing to reach out to others. As Gandhi said, be the change. Become more other-centered. You know, when you become more interested and more curious in other people, it takes you out of your own head. It takes you out of being self-centered and and living in your own head so much and puts you into other people's shoes, which simply helps to dissolve feelings of loneliness. And when you do give more of your attention to others, you get more attention in return. It becomes a win-win. It's not that being lonely is being self-centered, but it's just by being intentionally other-centered, it helps to mitigate against feelings of loneliness. It's also important to remember that actions speak louder than words. You've got to prioritize friends and relationships in your life, people that have shared interests, hobbies, shared values, shared attitudes. You might consider volunteering some of your time or energy to support other people. Volunteering can be a wonderful way to meet people that have similar interests, to build a bond, a sense of social connection, to strengthen community support. You may be able to join a support group online with a group of people that share a similar interest. And, you know, if those efforts aren't working, you know, as I said earlier, consider professional help, seeing your doctor or seeing a trained therapist. Taking action to address your loneliness can make a real difference to your health, well-being and overall vitality. I mean, from a societal point of view, 
Loneliness is a really important issue. And, you know, I believe that, you know, we need to look at how we can mitigate against loneliness in schools so that every student is connected to a school adult. We need to look at how healthcare can encourage doctors and healthcare professionals to routinely ask patients about loneliness, like a new vital sign, you know, as important perhaps as blood pressure and exercise in terms of the workplace, employers, can play a very important role in terms of, you know, building um, social connections at work and doing what they can to enable everyone to feel included. And I think it's really important to remove the sense of stigma or the sense of shame, which often goes along with loneliness. And, you know, that sense of shame can be self-defeating and can lead to people avoiding social situations or, or suppressing how they feel. So it's really good to shine a light on loneliness, get it out in the open. And, you know, what I would say is, just consider people in your own circle who might benefit from a call or some of your time right now. And, you know, if you're in a good place yourself, mentally and emotionally, if you simply commit to reach out to one person this week that you might be concerned about, that would be a good thing. You know, small things can make a big difference. That small action might matter a lot more than you think. We are all better together. And, you know, combating loneliness is a wonderful way to, you know, build a better community, a stronger society and enable us all to simply live with more vitality. Thank you for listening to my podcast, In the Doctor's Chair. For further resources to support you to live with more vitality, please visit my website, drmarkrow.com.